This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. I've dropped my pen. I'm all a shambles. Get me act together. Pull me pants up. See if I can get some sort of legendary broadcasting going. Mediocre will do. Uh, good evening, my name is Vinnie White. This is a news-flavoured bowl of putrefied whale with a few shots of something opinionated to wash it down with. I'm here every week from 9 till 10, live and direct from the groovy, world-famous-ish, well, Toronto-famous studios of uh, t- Toronto, uh, News Talk 1010. You can get in touch with the show on 416-872-1010. You can text the show on 71010. Pat, the hardy, trusted baseball cap-wearing producer, will be pushing buttons, and I'm going to make him work quite hard today because I was terribly late for the show uh, because I, my flight was late um, from Iceland, where I have been. And we will discover Iceland together, holding hands and taking an audio walk through it later. Uh, but first, it would be very irresponsible and probably quite, frankly, unprofessional for me to not mention uh, the shootings that are going on and the Toronto angle of it, which of course is happening as we speak. There's a vigil for victims of the Orlando mass shooting. And if, like me, you only learnt about the uh, mass shooting very recently, because you've been away or perhaps you've been a, a media dry zone, as you should in uh, some occasions, uh, of course it gives me the terrible and awful uh, tragic uh, responsibility to ha- have to tell you of such a thing. Um, yet another shooting, uh, biggest one in America's history now. Uh, more than 50 dead already uh, in Florida in a nightclub uh, by some complete imbecile. Um, you know, usual case really, um, just a slightly different variant on the usual theme of uh, mass assault rifle, one madman and uh, lots of police trying to stop him and then eventually he dies in the gunfire. In the gunfire. So, um, first of all, good on Toronto for, you know, doing its bit to show solidarity and turning the sign multicoloreds and standing uh, united with America and indeed the homosexual population that were affected by this, because after all, it was a gay club. And uh, good for them for doing a vigil, and it's quite upbeat at the moment. There's a sort of very peculiar swing of moods between extreme downbeat, tragic reflection and upbeat, positive, we can get through this as uh, together as a community and indeed as a people and as a sort of reflection on humankind at the moment from the Toronto Vigil. So, you know, in a way that's good and encouraging. Um, of course, it, it's just boring, isn't it, in a, in a sense? And I, I'll be, I use this language very carefully because I don't think for a minute that it's boring in the sense that... Um, many families have been affected in a negative way which will affect them for the rest of their lives. That's not boring. The lack of change is boring, isn't it? That's what gets me with this. And so I'll start with a quick rant about that because I think I need to get it off my chest and I'm sure I speak for quite a few of us here when I say that, uh, should we do something now? America? Should we? Yeah, should we make a change now? Should we implement some change in the gun laws? Should we now? Or should we wait until next week? Like we always do. Yeah? Just ignore it. And it'll probably go away, won't it? It's not going away, is it? This problem. It's not doing very well, that. You know, in the wake of the Sandy Hook school shootings in Newtown, Connecticut, in December 2012, at that point, 58% of Americans said they're in favour of stricter gun laws, right? On gun sales, specifically. This was a Gallup poll. Trustworthy poll. 58% said, yeah, let's change things, all right? Today, it's 55%. So somehow that's gone down. 
55% of Americans say that they want laws covering the sale of firearms to be stricter than they are now. A distinct rise of 8% from some years ago in 2014. But um, what I'm saying is it goes up and down. But it, isn't it remarkably low? It's never been above 60%, the amount of US citizens that want change in their gun laws. Don't you find that weird? I find that really weird. I don't understand that. How is that number so low? I, th I suppose it shows the influence the NRA have, Fox News have, and the idiotic belief that guns equals freedom. But guns doesn't equal freedom, does it? In a country where more people are incarcerated than any other Western nation, it's not that free, is it? Guns equal freedom, but healthcare is so expensive that people will often live in pain for years in the land of freedom. Protected by guns. Guns equal freedom in a country that you have to be 21 to drink and drinking a glass of wine on a beach is illegal. You're not that free, are you? So are these guns keeping you freer? Because you're not that free as it is. If guns equal freedom, freedom, there's two political parties that are both influenced and controlled by banks and corporations and indeed the National Rifle Association. Which is why Obama hasn't been able to put any significant change through in the eight years he's been in power. So if guns equal freedom, are those guns also assault rifles? Assault rifles. The deadliest mass shootings have one thing in common in the US. And it's not race or mental illness or Islam. It's assault rifles. A weapon deliberately designed to kill a massive amount of people. So I'm not going to let this show be a big, serious, awful reflection, although it is necessary for us all to come together and reflect, and I'm glad that Toronto's pulling its weight, as I always knew it would in situations like this, but I want some change, and I'm not the only one, and yeah, I'm just some English prick on the radio in Canada, what have I got to do with it? Well, I've got a little microphone in front of me here, and I feel it would be incredibly against everything I stand for to not say enough is enough. Come on, let's see some change. The United States, you know you can do it. Plenty of other nations have. Give up on this freedom idiocy. It's not working. You're not free. You have one mass shooting every single day of the year in the last 365. In fact, in the last 365 days, I believe there's been somewhere in the region of 370-something shootings. You're not free. Change your laws. I don't care what it takes. But I stand with a, a stupendous amount of people in other countries, certainly more than 55 to 58%, and apparently the 55 to 58% of Americans that now say, that's enough. Okay. Uh, Tony in Toronto. Yeah, I'd like to know what kind of law you want to put down to go with guns from people. I think the first one is to make assault rifles banned. How do you feel about that? Uh, I I got about 14 guns. I'm a gun collector. Mm -hmm. And uh, I won't say something, but if I go uh, someplace where I, where I think it's a little bit thing, I pack. I don't give a damn what anybody says. Mm. Can I just check, because you didn't answer the question. Have you got an assault rifle? Uh, no answer on that, because it's a little bit on the iffy side in Canada. Right, so if, for example, you did have one, and your name is Tony, you're a bit worried that you probably shouldn't have one, right? 
No, no, my name is Tony, yeah. Mm. And so I'm just wondering why you're saying an unclear answer. It sounds to me like you have got one, but you're not happy to admit it. Or am I wrong on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right on that. OK. So here's here's where I'm getting on. I'm pretty direct with this because... Problem. Yeah. The, the, the situation in the United States, all of these shootings have had one thing in common, and it's assault rifles. So wouldn't you say, Tony, being that not everyone is as responsible as you, and there's quite clearly some psychotic nutters out there, that it would be a good first step to ban assault rifles? Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, but you're still going to get them from different other countries. It's, it's like drugs. You cannot get rid of it. Well... I don't think it is like drugs, really, because uh, drugs don't have the ability to take away 50 people's lives in one evening by one person, do they? And also, if you make an assault rifle illegal, and let's just say, for example, you're right, there's plenty of them around and it's very difficult to control them across the Mexican border, perhaps. Let's oh, just... there's, uh, there's lots around, trust me. Yeah, but at least the police would have the power to take them away, whereas currently they don't. So I'm going to politely disagree with you um, and say that I think it's... A shocking and ghastly boil on the face of society that anyone should be allowed to own a assault rifle. And I include you in that. No, 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 I understand. That's, you know, that's, I mean, what the guy did last night, I mean, I don't like gays, transgender, but I still will not go out and kill them. Well, I don't believe in what they, uh, what they stand for, right. but I still will not go out and shoot them. I don't know if you want me to pat you on the back for that, Tony, for saying that you don't like gays, but you're not prepared to shoot them. I don't know if you're seeking some sort of good for you, but uh, I no, think... No, 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 What I'm trying to get at, mm. okay, I got nothing against gay, transgender, homosexual, or whatever you say. Mm. What I have, what I dislike, I started to dislike them, was when they started to adopt. That's when I drew the line. Right. Looks but like... I still would not want anybody to be gay uh, like that guy go killing on a, a killing spree on uh, transgender and that. Hmm. That is totally, that's just a wacko. And I'll tell you another thing. You no, you won't. No, I'm that. bored. I'm bored. And there's too many issues going on here. You won't keep occupying my time with your madness. Um, very peculiar. I don't understand why anyone why anyone doesn't like gays and just goes, oh, I don't like gays, but I wouldn't chill them. What a bizarre thing to say. I don't like rabbits. I don't feel the need to say I don't like rabbits, but I wouldn't shoot them. I mean, shouldn't this go without saying? Assault rifle owning uh, Tony there, assumedly calling from Canada. Right, um, I don't think I'll take any more calls because I find it a bit depressing. Not to say that we shouldn't approach these issues, but mostly a comedy show, and frankly, it's been a bit depressing so far. Let's go to a break, and we'll come back. I'll tell you about my trip to Iceland. Coming up. You're tuned in to The Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Yes, you are. Good evening. Always a pleasure to be here. My name is Vinny. I'm with you through till 10 o'clock, and then the legend that is David Eddy will come in, and no doubt he'll be talking this evening about the incident in Florida, amongst other things. Okay, I went to Iceland. I came back today. I must say, uh, Iceland is a beautiful place, and uh, if you ever get the chance to go, uh, all you need is two and a half thousand million billion dollars. Uh, getting there is quite cheap, actually. It was only 440 bucks return from uh, Pearson to Reykjavik. But uh, poof, when you get there, oh, my God. Oh, 
A gift shop plastic plate, $28. Forget it. Uh, but actually, you know what? As long as you're not shopping, it is worth it because a lot of stuff's free. There's a sort of bizarre lunar landscape. It's all above the tree line in Iceland. Uh, so there's very few trees. Huge sweeping vistas, sparse, vapid, panoramic insanity, moss-covered volcanic rock, sweeping hills and occasionally like really sharp cliff faces of volcanic rock where tectonic plates have shifted and divided throwing up lava 200 million years ago that sits there today like a stubborn historic snapshot of geological madness it is such a bizarre almost drug feeling like place you have to sort of check yourself there's no landscape quite like it that i've ever seen and i'm reasonably well traveled a seismic island of breathtaking beauty and i've been there for a few days it started on thursday morning and i drove um, from the airport to reykjavik uh, which isn't far actually uh, which is the most northern capital and one of the weirdest capitals in the world and uh, at 180 dollars for a small airbnb room a pretty costly one uh, actually nothing could compare me pre prepare me for the prices a bowl of soup 19 dollars uh and uh I had a bit of an argument with my girlfriend. We do that when we travel, because you just get bored of each other's faces. And I am the most annoying person in the world to travel with, you know? Once you've got over the wind releases on the plane and the incessant irritation of my bugging accent, then, of course, you've got me going, oh, why don't we go there? Why don't we go there? So I think I annoyed her. And we found ourselves in a bar, as you would. It's a safe place. And uh, I was getting a bit bored of her company. She was getting a bit bored of mine. So I've developed a new uh, social answer for these issues. Smoking. Yeah, bought a cigar, went outside and met some Norwegian dudes that are out there playing um, soccer. And it was day one. And when they ended up being pretty good friends, actually. Well, I hung around with them off and on for a little bit. Uh, all started when um, one of them said, do you want a beer? I said, yes. Right. He bought me a beer, $11, thank you. I said, my round, do you want a drink? He said, yeah, vodka Red Bull. I'll tell you how much of vodka Red Bull is in Reykjavik, yeah? $28 for a drink. 28 I had to be friends with him after that to make sure I get my money back from him. It was an investment. I don't know how those, those Icelandic banks went down with those drink prices propping up the whole country. There's only 300,000 people live there. Anyway, a uh, great night. Up all night with these Norwegians as they eventually bought me uh, enough money's worth of drinks back to make me feel uh, just slightly less physically sick. And uh, I kept smoking cigars and hanging out. It is the weirdest place. It's light all the time. Never stops being light. So I'm out there. Uh, looked at my watch. Three o'clock in the morning. About as light as it was here in Toronto about two hours ago. You know, just as a just kind of a little bit hazy. Can't quite see the sun, but it's still quite bright. All the time. I've never been. I've never done that. I've never been up northern Canada either. So it's a real amazing thing, and uh, just went for a tour. Got a little car. Went and saw uh, geysers spew hot water about fifty feet. Epic waterfalls that make you feel like you want to give up Toronto and be a hobbit. And uh, hot rivers. Hiked up to a hot river. Never lay in a hot river before. Who knew? Hot river. Couple of beers. Chatting to loads of euros. Lying there, bubbling bits. Beautiful. And uh, the Blue Lagoon, if you've been to Iceland, you'll know about that. That's Iceland's most famous thing. It's like a silica-infused geothermal pool. 
If you live in constant light, the downside is, come November, come December, constant dark. You need a geothermal pool and a few geological highlights. It's almost like there is a divine creator and he said, oh, my God, no one's going to live here. Let's give them something to do. It is grim. Iceland. But that's why you go in the summer. Uh, so if you can go, I very much advise it. And uh, I tried the reindeer meatballs. Very good. Settled well on the stomach. Not uh, not like something else I tried. Putrefied shark. Oh, oh, that's coming back already. Three days ago, I had a nibble on that. They get a shark. They... Cut it up, they stick it under gravel for three months, right? And then you think, oh, then they take it out and eat it. No, no, then they take it out, then they hang it up for another three months. Six months till it's putrefied. Putrefied is not a word that you want to associate with food, is it? You know, you know when you're getting a... <laughs> when you're getting a curry. Did you want it spicy? Not really, no, putrefied, really. Hung out to become rancid uh, with mosquitoes living on it. Can you do that? It was so disgusting that I believe I I reached within... A, before I'd even got it in my gullet. So I ended up feeding it to a puffin. He seemed to enjoy it. They're not fussy. Uh, so that's my week. I'll be honest, it's not a normal week. I, it's very rare that I can say, this morning I was in Reykjavik um, in a hot tub full of silica getting a, a facial mud bath with my girlfriend. Very rare indeed. Even rarer can I say, oh, that putrefied shark was disgusting. I'm going to feed it to a puffin. That oh, That's never happened here, and I'm willing to suggest it's never going to happen. So, um, yeah, I feel good now. But I wouldn't advise that part, but I would certainly advise the country. Absolute breathtaking beauty and uh, insane landscape. When we come back, we'll talk to Amanda Capito about all things newsy poos, and we'll dig around some stories from around the world. This is The Vinnie White Show. This is The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. I'm a bit more discombobulated than usual because this morning I was in Iceland and now I'm in Toronto. And many people listening think you may have gotten the wrong plane as well. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, this is where I live and it's nice to be back. Um, but I had a great time. I just went through my phone. I remember last night in my mild drunkenness, I was talking to a man that was significantly more drunk than me, thereby making me feel not quite as drunk. And um, I managed to find some audio, so I thought I'd play it for you. This is an interview with a guy that worked for the city of Reykjavik. Uh, it's three o'clock in the morning. It's light. It's this morning. I'm not quite sure about the time difference. Let's not get bogged down with it. Let's just remember it's always light up there right now. And uh, I was sitting outside having a cigar with a dude who worked for the city and lay sewers. Um, not the most glamorous of jobs, but he was well-dressed and I believe he made quite a lot of money because he kept buying me drinks. And in Iceland, that's an achievement. Let's have a listen to how it went. Hello. Hello. What's your name? My name is Judy. Can you tell me what you think the best things and the worst things are about Iceland, where you live? Uh... <laughs> I'm in the city business, so... <laughs> uh... 
I love Iceland. And I think you do too, but... Uh... We're outside a bar, it's getting on for three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And it's still light. Yes. And it will be light all night, won't it? Yeah. It will be light all night, and uh, you are in the nautical. How do you say? Nautical. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> what the f are you talking about? I don't, it's not nautical. I don't know. You mean the north? Yeah. We are in the north, and, and we have a light all night. Yes, you do. Yes. Now, for me, as a tourist, as a naive idiot, wandering around the streets, yes. it's really disorientating, because it's always light, and it never changes. Okay. What time do you normally go to bed? Uh, it depends on uh, if you're going to bed with someone, or if you're going to bed uh, alone. Like... Uh, I am going to bed alone now. Yes. Yes. So... So it's three o'clock in the morning now, nearly. Yeah. And tonight you're going to bed alone. Yeah. If you were going to bed with someone, what yeah. time would you be going to bed? Oh, very early. What time? Uh, I would say uh, ten o'clock in the... In... <laughs> ten? Yes, because I want to f*** around uh, all... <laughs> you know... Uh, yeah, I would, I would like that. Yeah. So you're happy to go to bed, <laughs> to go to bed at ten. Yes. Because you know that you're going to have lots of fun. Yeah, lots the, of fun so, in the bed. Tonight, <laughs> tonight, I'm sorry to be in the way of your having sex yeah, with lovely but women. My my lovely woman is in Glasgow, so cheers. So I'm not going to bed early tonight. I'm f drunk and and. Uh, you are quite drunk, actually. It was at that point he gave me a kiss on the cheek, which is all very lovely, but audio that neither of us need to hear. Uh, well, we might do a bit more from him at another time, because that interview goes on, but my goodness, uh, he gets more and more drunk as it goes, so maybe we'll bump it onto next week. We'll see how we go, because right now we have more pressing things to talk about, like the amazing, the insatiable Amanda. Every week she comes in here, she's better than a cold beer. Her name is Amanda, unpronounceable surname, but I'll try it here with this word, Capido. That's great. It's all right, wasn't it? Amanda Capido is our resident news junkie. She knows about news, stuff and things. She comes on, we talk about it. Now, obviously, the most uh, pressing item in the news at the moment is the biggest mass shooting in US history. It'd be um, probably very difficult to avoid. I've already talked about it at the top of the show. And I don't want to go too far down that road. However, I feel it's a difficult. I, I go through this frustration every time there's a mass shooting, and this one is 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 um, more difficult to ignore just because of its its scale. It's so difficult to not talk about, and I think it's our responsibility as journalists and academics to do so. But I find it so unbelievably irritatingly irritating isn't even close mind-bendingly angering that nothing's ever done about it that I feel is almost why should I talk about it why should we talk about it when no one's going to do anything about it assault rifles will still be for sale people will still be um, doing mass shootings there was more than one per day in the last year it's not changing so but you're giving up so you just like throw up the white flag yeah I feel like I don't know I I understand that talking about it doesn't solve the problem in the immediate and like I understand that, but also I don't like the argument in, in making it sound like 
so the people have no voice. Like, we have no voice. We can't no, do anything. That's and it's the like, terrible thing. I it's just surrender. I hear your point, and yeah, yeah, that's a very good point because it would be easy to think from that that I don't care about the victims. I care so much about the victims. That is the problem. I feel their human rights are violated every day because the fact that someone can walk into a venue with a gun of any sort, in my opinion, never mind an assault rifle, yeah. is it means that the government isn't doing its job. And it's not like, oh, yeah, but the mass of people in America, you know, they don't want gun laws reformed. Gallup have proved that they do. So people want change. The government aren't giving it to them. They're being ripped off. Their human rights are being violated. They are being put at risk on a daily basis. And now there's a shooting, and it's up to me to talk about it and say it's all really sad. Oh, isn't it a shame? Oh, well, something will probably be done. No, it won't. It hasn't been done s since Columbine, Sandy Hook. Nothing's ever done. I, that's what frustrates me, though. So, like, what does it take? At what point? I don't know. I don't know. And, like, I hate Not this. <sighs> well, this won't change anything. Obama's had no power in Congress over the last eight years. Nothing ever changes because the NRA are assholes. That's what I think. It's brutal. It's like, it makes, I'm so frustrated. Like, even just hearing you say all this, like, it just makes me want to cry. Yeah. 50 so, people. Yeah. That's so a here lot. we are in, <laughs> in a country next door, and there's people on the other side of the world that are shedding tears today. And you mark my words, the gay population will stand up and join together to revolt this atro atrocity. And people will are emotionally affected all around this planet because one government can't sort their, and I want to swear, but I'll hold it back, they can't sort their act out. How about that? Yeah, I know. So, you know, it puts us in impossible positions as people in this industry because I want to do a fun show, and I can't because another government messed up that yeah. badly. Yeah. You know? How is that fair? That we that I can't do a bit of comedy tonight because... Uh, because Torontonians don't deserve it because a government that's got nothing to do with them messed up their duties to look after their people. Well, that's not fair. So I will do comedy and I will have a laugh, but not with the disrespect of the people that were involved. Yeah, I get it. Do you understand? It's more, it's more like you're shoving it in the government's faces. Yeah, how dare you put me in a position where I have to change my radio show, which, by the way, uh, don't think for a second that I'm, this is all about me, by the way. I cannot stress enough how disgusted and uh, I am with, with the government and how sorry I feel for the victims. It's just, uh, you know... You feel powerless. Yeah, I do. So yeah. if I feel powerless, I want to crack on. Yeah, and embracing what you know you do, and I get it. I get it. So, okay. there you go. Now, having said that, it's very difficult to do a transition, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it in news when they go... Changing gears now. That's <laughs> yeah, my pet peeve, you know? I know. They're like, oh, a dog got killed on the motorway. I would always try to change... be like, back at home. Like, I would try to just Is that what you do? take, yeah. take yeah. it from a different location. It's that changing gears that gets me. Sorry. A dog got killed on a motorway today. <laughs> changing gears. Nice weather. You know? <laughs> I've actually used in a lighter... And a lighter story. On a lighter story. On a note. I like the way the BBC do it, actually. Not just because I'm British. I just think it's the better way of doing it. They just leave a large pause. <laughs> An and awkward pause. Almost, yeah, almost <laughs> as if there's been a terrible argument between mummy and daddy and the kid walked in, you know, and then they do a different story. You really so, think that that's the way to do it then? You think that's well, what works? <laughs> let's try it. Here it comes. Canadian researchers look closer at the science of boredom. <laughs> Whoa. That's what's happening here. Okay. Uh, the research subjects are asked to watch a video of men hanging laundry or another on uh, mixing concrete, right? Okay, so like the most boring things. The most boring things. And if that wasn't boring enough, another one they they do to bore people, to study this, you know, to study boredom, is to transcribe the references from an academic article, and once they've done it, take out every single letter A. 
Oh. <laughs> Even saying it's boring. It's brutal. Isn't it? So, uh, for over a century, boredom has been mostly ignored as a topic of sustained research. Boredom, part of the furniture of life, was itself too trivial to investigate. But not anymore. Uh, boredom is a very complex and multifaceted experience, says Eastwood. He's an academic at, uh, did I say which university? No. It is the University of Waterloo. Okay. He said boringly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, what they've done is that they've worked out, uh, having read uh, this entire long and painfully, ironically boring article, <laughs> <laughs> that um, in interviews with chronically depressed people, Eastwood and his colleagues, the guy that was behind this study, found anecdotally that boredom often triggers depressive thoughts. I think what we can draw from that is if you're busy, you're less likely to be sad or at least depressed. Or you feel like you have purpose. Yeah. Now, isn't that a study of the bleeding obvious? I mean, that's quite obvious, isn't it? I guess. I, I, I mean, if they, if they tie... I just feel like... I, I thought depression was a little bit deeper rooted than just that. Well, it is because, of course, there's clinical depression, which right. is an imbalance in the brain. Right. So you have to deal with that in a combination of, of sometimes medical uh, medical solutions and of course mental yeah. exercises and of course you have to live somewhere sunny and be in happy <laughs> relationships and all the other stuff that's very beneficial to that sort of thing so yeah it's not you can't come from this and say if you get bored a lot you're going to be depressed it's not that easy no but there is a correlation that if you're not busy you're more likely to get bored and if you're more likely to get bored you're more likely to get depressed they re they measured some anxiety in people that were set these extremely boring challenges i think they could have saved a lot of time and money and just asked them to go to ottawa in november <laughs> <You're horrible. laughs> i used to live there i'm allowed i remember going in to get a curry at eight o'clock eight o'clock in the evening Right on a yeah. Wednesday night in the market, the bustling bit, and he said, "No, we we we're closing up." Like what? I know <sighs> it is. That's brutal. It is proper brutal. But you know what? I just going back to the boredom and depression in life. I think mm. I get I get it because think about when are you like even just in a funk like. If you're bored with your work, if you're bored with your relationship, like if you're not getting, if you're not excited to wake up in the morning, mm. because of family, work, a combination of all of it, if you're just bored with it all, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're gonna. You're not gonna feel. You're not gonna be in the happiest of spirits. Well, you and I are quite similar as well. I don't think you and I cope very well with routine, but some people do. Yeah. You know, I like to do this radio show, and there's other routines in my life that I, you know, I gravitate towards. But if I don't go away quite often, and ideally somewhere slightly bonkers, yeah, then I can't be doing with it. I, I really love tra travel. Like it just feeds my soul. So yeah, I always think that it must be quite sad if you don't travel and then you get to retirement and take your first, I don't know, trip to Hawaii or something. Yeah. Like you get your first passport. You hear about this sometimes, and you enjoy it. It must be quite difficult if you enjoy it because you're like, oh no, all these years. Yeah, that you've missed out. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're broke, my best advice, and I think you'd second this, is even if you're broke, get on the road and make the most of, of a bit of travel here and there yep but don't that. go to Iceland because it's bloody expensive <laughs> I warned you <laughs> yeah. I warned you do you know how much I spent on oh here's a, here's a game for you since you've been to Reykjavik yeah met some Norwegian blokes right? okay and uh, bought two beers pints okay of gull Icelandic lager I like gull yeah. it's not bad actually yeah. and one vodka red bull okay total bill please Vod okay, two the two beers probably like ten dollars each, and then the vodka Red Bull, 
I okay, I'm gonna guess like thirty five dollars. What? Whoa! Okay, okay, you have been, haven't you? <laughs> it's, it's better than that. It's only twenty eight dollars. <laughs> And the beers, because it is, but it like. And what did you say for the beers? You said ten, right? Ten each. Yeah, the beers were eleven. Okay. And the, so the Red Bull threw me off because I'm like, how much did they charge you? How much did they charge for a Red Bull? It was one measure as well as a one vodka. Yeah, but sometimes they'll charge you a full Red Bull can. Like, did they give you the full can? I don't know because I it wasn't for me. That, okay. Then that's the problem. But it was for bad. some Norwegian bloke yeah. outside that I was having a cigar with, and he'd bought me a pint. I said, "What do you want?" He goes, "Oh, I like getting." Uh, I hope it's not a problem. It's quite expensive. Could you get me a vodka Red Bull? That's a great accent. Thank you very much. <laughs> if you are Norwegian, you're almost definitely offended by this. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, all right. a drink's a drink, mate, innit? Can't be much more than a beer. Oof. I went out. I said, tell you what, you owe me a couple of pints after that. So yeah. I managed to ring him out as the course of the evening went. Oh, yeah. it's uh, No, it's very pricey. It's very high cost of living. Um, is there any other cheaper fundamental solutions to sadness slash depression that you can advise our listeners? Not than not going to Iceland, than traveling in general. Oh, traveling in general. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think changing. I do think changing your routine, even if it's just a little piece of it, yeah, helps with boredom. So even if you just like sign up for a class once a week, or you like learn a new skill of some sort, yeah, I think that helps. There's a great line from uh, a British artist called The Streets. And it says the first rule of irony is when you're down, you've got no energy, which is another way of saying the really annoying thing about being in a massive funk is even though you know you should join a group, yeah. even though you know you should switch that routine, yeah. it's like, oh, now when I've got no energy to do it. Right. It's so hard. You have to just keep trucking on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the irresponsible part of me also would like to suggest wine. Uh, <laughs> and the Vinnie White show. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Vinnie White, wine, which go hand in hand, believe me. It's the yeah. only way to cope with Vinnie White. Uh, lots of travel and join a group. And if you join a group, you know, like, stick it through, Amanda. You know what I mean? Every week. Never you know, letting me live this down. If, for example, you say, hey, Vinnie, you want to go to the gym every Monday? And then, you know, you disappear and never go. That wouldn't be a good thing to do, would it? No, it'd be horrible. It's a good job, I love you. All right, thanks for coming in and thanks for uh, battling through a very sad day in news and trying our best to come out the other side. Thanks, Vinny. Cheers, mate. You're tuned in to The Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening. Always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for your phone calls and texts tonight on 71010. And uh, we'll be back to do it next week. Now, I'm going to go soon. But before I do, I barely chatted to you, Pat. You lovely, wondrous, button-pushing wonder. Um, Pat, do you know that I was in Iceland this morning and that's why this show is a bit discombobulated? That's a perfectly good excuse, I would say. One of my favourites. Not often I get to use it. You know what I did when I was there? I took some photographs, Pat. wonder if you know where this is going. Um, and what I've been thinking since I've got back is, wouldn't it be great to put some of those fantastic landscapes on canvas? That's a brilliant idea, but the only downside is there's no one locally who could do it cheap and efficiently and, not to mention, afford a discount if you pick up uh, them at the store. Is there not? You'd think- not that I'm aware of. <laughs> It's weird because you've obviously got some sort of condition because I'm sure we've been through this before. Well, let me have a Google because weirdly I can't remember. 
Good Lord, Pat, you're not going to believe it. There's a service right here. Oh, what is it called? MrPhotoCanvas.com. Apparently, you can just email your photographs to info at MrPhotoCanvas.com, and then all of a sudden, they'll turn into sexy canvas prints at the size of your choosing. Wow, that sounds like exactly what you were looking for, all at MrPhotoCanvas.com. <laughs> really good. There's a footnote here as well. I've never seen it before. Oh, I've never seen this website before. Oh, there's a footnote on this website that I've never seen before as well. Oh, what's it say? It says here that if you're worried about the quality of your image, don't panic. Apparently, you pay on pickup. Oh, perfect. Do you know what? I've forgotten that website. What was it again, mate? You're not talking about MrPhotoCanvas.com. It's despicable, isn't it? It's despicable. Every week. Um, I, I, I have to thank you dearly for your uh, involvement in the show today on a very sad day. And thank you for uh, being understanding about the importance of keeping calm and carrying on, but whilst also being reflective and sincere. A very difficult balance. And hopefully I've got somewhere close to it. I'll see you next week. I'm also on Tuesday mornings if ever you uh, fancy a little bit of round table action at about quarter to nine on the John Moore Show. David Eddy is up next. He will tackle all the hot topics in a professional manner. See you later.